The Utah Jazz jump out early and often and blow out the L.A. Clippers playing a fast-paced, quick game tonight to win this one in a game that had one tie, no lead changes, and was a complete whitewash. We're talking about it. Coming up on Postcast. David Locke along with Ron Boone here for you as the Jazz beat the L.A. Clippers final score tonight. A whole lot to a whole little, 121 to 92, and the score didn't matter for a long time. Ron, what jumps out to you about this one? Well, those 71 points they scored in the first in the first half and the way they were able to get there, um, a lot of people contributed, and the pace of play benefited the players that the Jazz had out there on the floor. All right, so we opened the broadcast talking about Tyron Lewis, talking about how they've learned how to try to score without Paul George and without Kawhi Leonard. They've had a hard time doing it, frankly. And that, you know, that was very much of our storyline of how are their jazz going to figure out how to score. So you, you just allude to it, dig into a little deeper. What did they do and why was it right for these guys? Well, especially after made shots. And I, I didn't think they were that bad after, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, after missed shots. And I didn't think they were bad after made shots of, of getting the ball up, up the floor there as well. But missed shots, they were able to just get out and run. And if you notice, majority of the time, it was up the sidelines. And, and that really, uh, works because you can automatically get into something, you know, working from the sidelines. So they pushed the ball up the floor. They played fast. Watching this, uh, the 24-second clock, the majority of the time, it was about 20 seconds. Sometimes you mentioned a couple of times it was 21 over the timeline. It just gives you so much extra time if if nothing's there on that first second second option, you know, to get a chance to get the third option. You just said something really interesting I haven't thought about before. We watched the Chicago Bulls the other night who lead the NBA in – uh, fast breaks to the rim. And what they did is they ran by getting the ball in the middle, and then they had guys sprinting the outside. They'd make another ahead pass. They'd pass sure. once ahead to the middle of the floor and once to the wing. The Jazz, on the other hand, though, go up the wings. What's yep. the different concepts here? Well, the, the Chicago Bulls, the way they run the fast break, and they have some runners. I mean, they have some guys that can really get up get up the floor, so they like getting the ball to the middle of the floor, kind of like when you were in high school, David. That's kind of a high school fast break. You know, where they get the ball in the middle and you fill the lanes. Uh, Jerry Sloan liked to fill them, do it the same way. You fill the lanes with, and uh, and then the guys filling the lanes, they cross underneath and they come out. That's the way they would get into their offense. The Jazz do a little bit different. They run up the sidelines. They push it ahead sometimes. And if that's not there, then they get to a dribble handoff into a pick and roll. I mean, just different ways of getting it in there depending on the personnel and the, and the type of players that you have. Let me just clarify. There's very few things in my life where the word fast <laughs> is the adjective. I'm sorry. Um, or the verb. Maybe skiing. And that's about <laughs> it. Yeah, you're a good skier. I kind of thought I crossed 50 miles an hour today on the skis and turned out Did to you like really? 49. No, I was kind of bummed. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's talk about some of these guys because um, we got a lot of different performances. Juancho Hernan Gomez and Nikhil Alexander-Walker got the start tonight, mm -hmm. um, along with Mike Conley, Royce O'Neal, and Rudy Gobert. Let's start with Alexander-Walker. What did you see from him tonight? Well, he played well. Got 32 and a half minutes tonight, uh, five assists. Ended up with 13 points. Uh, I like what I saw because, it, it, you know, uh, if you talk to some of the other players on that's watch him every day, they, they'll probably say the same thing. They like the way he's, he plays and the way he attacks the rim. <clears throat> that's one thing that they wanted. Trent Forrest to do is shoot the basketball, attack the rim, and so I'm very pleased with his last two basketball games, and, and uh, I need to see a little bit more of him defensively, 
But offensively, you can see he does and, and not shy about trying to score points. Juancho Hernan Gomez uh, got the start tonight. He finished with just a really balanced line. Six points, seven rebounds, two assists, two steals, three blocks. Yeah. What do you see from him? Well, solid minutes. Didn't hurt the basketball team. I mean, he didn't shoot that well. Two of six from the three-point line. And, and that two of six tells me that all three of his all six of his shots anyway came from the three-point line but uh if you can put a guy out there on the floor for a short period of time he can and he can um, make those minutes productive uh not hurt the basketball team to the point where he's giving up a lot of points defensively then it, he, he looked good but again uh another one of those players we need to see a little bit more of all right, Jared Butler got a bunch of time tonight, played 24 minutes. He finished with 21 points, most of them in the second half. Uh, five of 10 from three, eight of 13 overall. He also added seven assists. Perfect team to play against for Butler um, because he had looks that you probably wouldn't get against some better teams. Um, he did a couple of moves and, and offensively and made some things happen. Uh, but majority of his looks was uncontested looks, and that's what the Jazz want. And and, and but and, and he made them. So, you know, who knows going forward, you know, with him or if there's minutes for him to get out there on the floor because of people ahead of him. Before we talk about Jazz defense, which was as important to this win as anything else, Eric Pascal plays 18 minutes in the Sun Whiteside role tonight. 17 points, four rebounds. He finishes seven of 14. He started four of four, and actually, I think at one point was about six of seven really had a big force in this game early. Uh, Pascal. Yeah. Uh, I like the way he attacked the basket and used his body. What did I say? He weighed 260? I mean, he used his body. He has some quickness for that size. You know, football team would probably love to have a guy like that with that kind of quickness. And then the power game that, that he used, getting getting to the basket, make some things happen. Got to the free throw line four times and in 18 minutes, got up 14 shots in 18 minutes. That's not too bad. Huh? <laughs> I think I'd like that as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's go. The last thing on this part tonight is the defense because the Jazz held the Clippers to 7 of 21 shooting in the first quarter and then had a defensive rating of a 70 by the end of the first half. So what did you? What did the Jazz do? I mean, they didn't let them get to the rim at all tonight. No. We haven't really talked about Rudy Gobert, but he was dominating in the first half of this game. He had 19 points and 18 rebounds tonight, or 16 rebounds tonight in 26 minutes. Um, what did you see defensively from the Jazz? Because that was when you and I were talking at shoot-around today. The question was whether the Jazz defense could be so good against a team that really doesn't score much. Uh, tell you, to tell you the truth, David, I didn't think that uh, – their offense was good enough to get a good read on the Jazz defense. Uh, they were a perimeter team. Uh, they were doing what the Jazz uh, was forced to do against them last year, passing the basketball around the perimeter, except, you know, when they tried to get the ball inside to, to Zubak. Yeah, Zubak, right? Yeah. That, uh, but, but they did stop them from scoring. So defensively, if you if you really want to get down to the nuts and bolts, I didn't think the Clippers did enough to. I mean, Reggie Jackson. At this point, their offense, and Reggie Jackson couldn't get to the rim, and so then Reggie right. Jackson's playing a weird floater game right. and an off the bounce three game. He's not very good at. And you suddenly got Reggie Jackson just doing a lot of things that weren't, he's not good at. Marcus Morris suddenly is playing a completely perimeter game because he can't get to the rim, and so you're right. Like at that point, they just don't have the firepower right now to be able to beat you. Missing Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, those guys are going to be best when they're playing. Either Reggie Jackson playing second side offense or Marcus Morris is playing spot up off of Paul George 
for Kawhi Leonard action. Yeah. Be interesting to see what the Clippers look like by the time they hit the playoffs. We'll see them in a little more than a week when we wrap up our road trip. Clippers will finish eighth in the West. There's really no other scenario for them. The question is just who they're going to play. Jazz win today. Denver and Dallas both lose. So we go back to fourth in the uh, Western Conference tonight. Uh, Denver and Denver actually has a very, very soft schedule the rest of the way. Uh, and that was one of the few games that they may lose the rest of the way. Dal- uh, Minnesota is the other one to watch here. Minnesota plays seven games coming up against really, really good teams. And frankly, we need them to lose a lot of them. If Minnesota suddenly comes out of the next seven, like five and two, then the seventh seed is in play for somebody, and that includes Utah, Dallas, or Denver. Mm -hmm. So that's the things to watch. We're heading out on the road. We'll be in New York City next time we talk to you. Have a great one.